Hello, I'm Barry Conway, and welcome to the Epiongo Line. Today I am joined, albeit on the other side of town, by one lone member of the Epiongo Readers Theatre, Mark Wormke. Together, for your listening pleasure, we've got a show intended to get you as far away from this brave new world of social distancing as we possibly can. And yet, we also hope to get you thinking that social distancing has long been part and parcel of our local culture and heritage. You see, COVID-19 is not our first rodeo when it comes to communicable diseases. Indeed, a hundred years ago, in 1920, we were just coming off the tail end of that notorious Spanish flu, believed to have killed over 50 million people worldwide, including too many right here in the Madawaska Valley. Long before that, there were other deadly communicable diseases that spread around here like wildfire when this area was being settled by immigrants in the 19th century, diphtheria, smallpox, yellow fever, cholera, polio, measles, all left their mark before there were any vaccines. All of them had little trouble putting the fear of the Lord into local people who seemed defenseless. That is except for that one singular weapon they had, the same one we have today, staying safe by staying home, social distancing. Still, it should come as no surprise that folks who stay safe at home for weeks, if not months on end, soon find out that they can have even bigger problems. None in the least is fighting a growing feeling we're all going to hell in a handcart. So a question usually arises sooner or later for people playing it safe at home in a pandemic. What in blazes can a person use to fight off those bleak feelings that one sometimes gets when confronted with, well, a lack of society? Now, few will complain that they don't get to spend enough time with their in-laws. Even fewer will want to chat with a troublesome neighbor. But it's a real caution, as they used to say around here, trying to stay home, especially when you get a hankering, just to talk to somebody real. Staring at the television will only get you so far before most of us figure out it's not really plugged into reality. Nor can most of us get to a doctor for some fancy prescription, or get Amazon to deliver any sort of genuine snake oil medicine that often gets touted in times like these. No, sometimes the only medicine available to keep yourself sane during troubled times turns out to be a good book. So tonight, we've got more than a little good medicine. More than just a good book. No, not some religious text. Rather, we thought we'd turn to one of Canada's best writers, Robert Service, famous for the shooting of Dan McGrew and the cremation of Sam McGee, which we will eventually get to tonight. But he also knew a thing or two about the Spanish flu, and he certainly knew what to say to a world about to go crazy when the going gets tough. So for your listening pleasure, here is Mark Wormke's one-man show, Service for Troubled Times. Grin. If you're up against a bruiser and you're getting knocked about, grin. If you're feeling pretty groggy and you're licked beyond a doubt, grin. Don't let him see you're funking, let him know with every clout. Though your face is battered to a pulp, your blooming heart is stout. Just stand upon your pins until the beggar knocks you out, and grin. This life's a bally battle and the same advice holds true of grin. If you're up against it badly, then it's only one on you. So grin. If the future's black as thunder, don't let people see you're blue. Just cultivate a cast-iron smile of joy the whole day through. If they call you little sunshine, wish that they'd no troubles too, you may grin. Rise up in the morning with the will that smooth or rough, you'll grin. Sink to sleep at midnight, and although you're feeling tough, yet grin. 
There's nothing gained by whining, and you're not that kind of stuff. You're a fighter from a way back, and you won't take a rebuff. The trouble is that you don't know when you have had enough. Don't give in. If fate should down you, just get up and take another cuff. You may bank on it that there is no philosophy like bluff and grin. The Telegraph Operator I will not wash my face. I will not brush my hair. I pig around the place. There's nobody to care. Nothing but rock and tree. Nothing but wood and stone. Oh God, it's hell to be. Alone, alone, alone. Snow peaks and deep gash draws corral me in a ring. I feel as if I was the only living thing on all this blighted earth. And so I froust and shrink, and crouching by my hearth, I hear the thoughts I think. I think of all I miss, the boys I used to know, the girls I used to kiss, the coin I used to blow, the bars I used to haunt, the racket and the row, the beers I didn't want. I wish I had them now. Day after day the same, only a little worse. No one to grouch or blame. Oh, for a loving curse. Oh, in the night I fear, haunted by nameless things, just for a voice to cheer, just for a hand that clings. Faintly as from a star, voices come o'er the line, voices of ghosts afar, not in this world of mine, lives in whose loom I grope, words in whose weft I hear, eager the thrill of hope, awful the chill of fear. I'm thinking out aloud, I reckon that is bad. The snow is like a shroud, maybe I'm going mad. Say, wouldn't that be tough, this awful hush that hugs and chokes one is enough to make a man go bugs. There's not a thing to do, I cannot sleep at night. No wonder I'm so blue, oh, for a friendly fight. The din and rush of strife, a music hall aglow, a crowd, a city life. Dear God, I miss it so. Here, you've moped enough. Brace up and play the game. But say it's awful tough, day after day the same. I've said that twice, I bet. Well, there's not much to say. I wish I had a pet or something I could play. Cheer up. Don't get so glum and sick of everything. The worst is yet to come. God help you till the spring. God shield you from the fear. Teach you to laugh, not moan. Ha-ha, <laughs> it sounds so queer. Alone, alone, alone. The Quitter When you're lost in the wild and you're scared as a child and death looks you bang in the eye and you're sore as a boil, it's according to Hoyle to cock your revolver and die. But the code of a man says, fight all you can and self-dissolution is barred. In hunger and woe, oh, it's easy to blow. It's the hell served for breakfast that's hard. You're sick of the game? Well, now that's a shame. You're young and you're brave and you're bright. You've had a raw deal, I know, but don't squeal. Buck up, do your damnedest and fight. It's the plugging away that will win you the day, so don't be a piker, old pard. Just draw on your grit. It's so easy to quit. It's the keeping your chin up that's hard. It's easy to cry that you're beaten and die. It's easy to crawfish and crawl. 
but to fight, and to fight when hope's out of sight, why that's the best game of them all. And though you come out of each grueling bout all broken and beaten and scarred, just have one more try. It's dead easy to die. It's the keeping on living that's hard. The Song of the Mouth Organ, with apologies to the singer of the Song of the Banjo. I'm a homely little bit of tin and bone. I'm beloved by the Legion of the Lost. I haven't got a vox humanitone, and a dime or two will satisfy my cost. I don't attempt your highfalutin flights. I am more or less uncertain on the key. But I tell you, boys, there's lots and lots of nights when you've taken mighty comfort out of me. I weigh an ounce or two, and I'm so small you can pack me in the pocket of your vest. And when at night so wearily you crawl into your bunk and stretch your limbs in rest, you take me out and play me soft and low. The simple songs that trouble your heartstrings, the tunes you used to fancy long ago, before you made a rotten mess of things. Then a dreamy look will come into your eyes, and you break off in the middle of a note. And then with just the dreariest of sighs, you drop me in the pocket of your coat. But somehow I have bucked you up a bit, and as you turn around and face the wall, you don't feel quite so spineless and unfit. You're not so bad a fellow, after all. Do you recollect the bitter Arctic night, your camp beside the canyon on the trail, your tent a tiny square of orange light, the moon above, consumptive-like and pale, your supper cooked, your little stove aglow, you tired but snug and happy as a child? Then twas turkey in the straw till your lips were nearly raw and you hurled your bold defiance at the wild. Do you recollect the flashing, lashing pain, the gulf of humid blackness overhead, the lightning making rapiers of the rain, the cattle horns like candles of the dead, you sitting on your bronco there alone, in your slicker, saddle sore and sick with cold? Do you think the silent herd did not hear the mocking bird or relish silver threads among the gold? Do you recollect the wild Magellan coast, the headwinds and the icy roaring seas, the nights you thought that everything was lost, the days you toiled in water to your knees, the frozen ratlines shrieking in the gale, the hissing steeps and gulfs of livid foam, when you cheered your messmates nine with Ben Bolt and Clementine and Dixieland and Seeing Nellie Home? Let the jammy banjo voice the younger son, who waits for his remittance to arrive. I represent the grimy, gritty one who sweats his bones to keep himself alive, who's up against the real thing from his birth, whose heritage is hard and bitter toil. I voice the weary, smeary ones of earth, the helots of the sea and of the soil. I'm the Steinway of strange mischief and mischance. I'm the Stradivarius of blank defeat. In the down world, when the devil leads the dance, I am simply and symbolically meat. I'm the irrepressive spirit of mankind. I'm the small boy playing knuckles down with death. At the end of all things known, where God's rubbish heap is thrown, I shrill impudent triumph at a breath. I'm a humble little bit of tin and horn. I'm a byword. I'm a plaything. I'm a jest. The virtuoso looks on me with scorn, 
but there's times when I am better than the best. Ask the stroker and the sailor of the sea. Ask the mucker and the hewer of the pine. Ask the herder of the plain. Ask the gleaner of the grain. There's a loving, lowly kingdom, and it's mine. The Reckoning it's fine to have a blowout in a fancy restaurant with terrapin and canvas back and all the wine you want to enjoy the flowers and music, watch the pretty women pass, smoke a choice cigar and sip the wealthy water in your glass. It's bully in a high-toned joint to eat and drink your fill, but it's quite another matter when you pay the bill. It's great to go out every night on fun or pleasure bent, to wear your glad rags always and to never save a cent, to drift along regardless, have a good time every trip, to hit the high spot sometimes and to let your chances slip, to know you're acting foolish yet go on fooling still till nature calls a showdown and you pay the bill. Time has got a little bill, Get wise while yet you may, for the debit side's increasing in a most alarming way. The things you had no right to do, the things you should have done, they're all put down. It's up to you to pay for every one. So eat, drink, and be merry. Have a good time if you will, but God help you when the time comes and you foot the bill. The Cow Juice Cure the clover was in blossom, and the year was at the June, when Flapjack Billy hit the town, likewise O'Flynn's saloon. The frost was on the fodder, and the wind was growing keen, when Billy got to seeing snakes in Sullivan's shabine. Then in meandered Deep Hole Dan, once comrade of the cup. Ah, Billy, for the love of Mike, why don't you sober up? I got the gorgeous recipe, tis smooth and slick as silk. Just quit your strangle hold on hooch and irrigate with milk. Lacteal fluid is the lubrication you require. Your nervous frame's up like a bunch of snarled piano wire. You'll want to get it coated up with adios tissue, so it will work elastic-like and milk's the dope for you. Well, Billy was compliable, and in a month, it's strange, the cow juice seemed to operate a most amazing change. Call up the water wagon, Dan, and book my seat, says he. Tis mighty queer, says Deep Hole Dan, twas just the same with me. They shanghied little Tom O'Shane, they cashed him safe away, and though he objurgated some, they cured him night and day. And pretty soon there came the change amazing to explain... I'll never take another drink, says Timothy O'Shane. They tried it out on Spike Muldoon, that toper of renown. They put it over Grouch McGraw, the terror of the town. They roped in tanks from far and near, and every test was sure. And like a flame, there ran the fame of Deep Hole's cow juice cure. It's mighty queer, says Deep Hole Dan. I'm puzzled, true and true. It's only milk from Riley's ranch. No other milk will do. And it just happened on that night with no predictive plan. He left some milk from Riley's ranch a settin' in a pan. And picture his amazement when he poured that milk next day. There in the bottom of the pan a dozen colors lay. Well, what do you know about that, says Dan. Gosh ding my dasted eyes. We've been and had the gold cure bill and none of us was wise. The milk's free millin', that's a cinch. There's colors everywhere. Now let us figure this thing out. How does the dust get there? 
Gold from the grassroots down, they say. Why, Bill, we've got it cold. Them cows what nibbles up the grass just nibbles up the gold. We're blasted bloomin' millionaires. Dissemble and lie low. We'll follow them gold barren cows and prospect where they go. And so it came to pass for weeks the miners might be found, a sneakin' round on Riley's ranch and snippin' at the ground, till even Riley stops and stares and presently allows. Them boys appear to take a mighty interest in cows, and night and day they shadowed each auriferous bovine, and panned the grassroots on their trail, yet never gold they seen, and all the season secret-like they worked and nothing found, and there was colors in the milk, but none was in the ground, and mighty desperate was they, and down upon their luck, when sudden inspiration-like, the source of it they struck. And where do you think they traced it to? It grieves my heart to tell, in the black sand at the bottom of that wicked milkman's well. Home and Love Just home and love, the words are small, four little letters unto each, and yet you will not find in all the wide and gracious range of speech two more so tenderly complete. When angels talk in heaven above, I'm sure they have no words more sweet than home and love. Just home and love. It's hard to guess which of the two were best to gain. Home without love is bitterness. Love without home is often pain. No, each alone will seldom do. Somehow they travel hand in glove. If you win one, you must have two, both home and love. And if you've both, well, then I'm sure you ought to sing the whole day long. It doesn't matter if you're poor, with these to make divine your song. And so I praisefully repeat, when angels talk in heaven above, there are no words more simply sweet than home and love. Just think. Just think. Some night the stars will gleam upon a cold gray stone and trace a name with silver beam, and lo, twill be your own. That night is speeding on to greet your epitaphic rhyme. Your life is but a little beat within the heart of time. A little gain, a little pain, a laugh lest you may moan. A little blame, a little fame, a star gleam on a stone. Dreams are best. I just think that dreams are best, just to sit and fancy things. Give your gold no acid test. Try not how your silver rings. Fancy women, pure and good. Fancy men, upright and true. Fortressed in your solitude, let life be a dream to you. For I think that thought is all. Truth's a minion of the mind. Love's ideal comes at call. As ye seek, so shall ye find. But ye must not seek too far. Things are never what they seem. Let a star be just a star, and a woman just a dream. O oh, you dreamers, proud and pure, you have gleaned the sweet of life. Golden truths that shall endure over pain and doubt and strife. I would rather be a fool living in my paradise than the leader of a school sadly sane and weary wise. Oh, you cynics with your sneers, fallen brains and hearts of brass, tweak me by my foolish ears, write me down a simple ass. I'll believe the real you is the you without a taint, I'll believe each woman, too, 
but a slightly damaged saint. Yes, I'll smoke my cigarette, vestured in my garb of dreams, and I'll borrow no regret, all is gold that golden gleams. So I'll charm my solitude with the faith that life is blessed, brave and noble, bright and good. Oh, I think that dreams are best. Cheer. It's a mighty good world, so it is, dear lass, when even the worst is said. There's a smile and a tear, a sigh and a cheer, but better be living than dead. A joy and a pain, a loss and a gain, there's honey and maybe some gall. Yet still I declare, foul weather or fair, it's a mighty good world after all. For look, lass, at night when I break from the fight, my kingdom's awaiting for me. There's comfort and rest and the warmth of your breast and little ones climbing my knee. There's firelight and song, oh, the world may be wrong, its empires may topple and fall. My home is my care, if gladness be there, it's a mighty good world after all. O oh, heart of pure gold, I have made you a fold, its sheltered, sun-fondled, and warm. O oh, little one's rest, I have fashioned a nest, sleep on, you are safe from the storm. For there's no foe like fear, and there's no friend like cheer, and sunshine will flash at our call. So crown love as king, and let us all sing, it's a mighty good world after all. The Land of Beyond have you ever heard of the land of beyond, the dreams at the gates of the day, alluring its lies at the skirts of the skies and ever so far away, alluring its calls, O ye the yoke galls, and ye of the trail over fond, with saddle and pack, by paddle and track, let's go to the land of beyond. Have you ever stood where the silences brood and vast the horizons begin, at the dawn of the day to behold far away the goal you would strive for and win? Yet on the night when you gain to the height with the vast pool of heaven star-spawned, afar and a gleam like a valley of dream still mocks you a land of beyond. Thank God there is always a land of beyond for us who are true to the trail, a vision to seek, a beckoning peak, a fairness that never will fail, a pride in our soul that mocks at a goal, a manhood that irks at a bond, and try how we will, unattainable still, behold it, our land of beyond. The world's all right. Be honest, kindly, simple, true. Seek good in all, scorn but pretense. Whatever sorrow comes to you, believe in life's beneficence. The world's all right, serene I sit, and cease to puzzle over it. There's much that's mighty strange, no doubt, but nature knows what she's about. And in a million years or so, we'll know more than today we know. Old evolution's underway. What ho, the world's all right, I say. Could things be other than they are? All's in its place from moat to star. The thistle-down that flits and flies could drift no hairbreadth otherwise. What is must be with rhythmic laws. All nature chimes, effect and cause. The sand grain and the sun obey. What ho! The world's all right, I say. Just try to get the cosmic touch, the sense that you don't matter much. A million stars are in the sky, a million planets plunge and die. A million million men are sped, a million million wait ahead. Each plays his part and has his day. What ho! The world's all right, I say. Just try to get the chemic view, 
a million million lives made you. In lives a million you will be immortal down eternity, immortal on this earth to range with never death but ever change. You always were and will be a. What ho! The world's all right, I say. Be glad and do not blindly grope for truth that lies beyond your scope. A sober plot informeth all of life's uproarious carnival. Your day is such a little one, a gnat that lives from sun to sun, yet gnat and you have parts to play. What ho! The world's all right, I say. And though it's written from the start, just act your best, your little part. Just be as happy as you can, and serve your kind, and die a man. Just live the good that in you lies, and seek no guerdon of the skies. Just make your heaven here today. What ho! The world's all right, I say. Remember in creation swing, the race, and not the man's the thing. There's battle, murder, sudden death, and pestilence with poisoned breath. Yet quick forgotten are such woes, on, on the stream of being flows. Truth, beauty, love uphold their sway. What ho! The world's all right, I say. The world's all right. Serene I sit, and joy that I am part of it, and put my trust in nature's plan, and try to aid her all I can, content to pass if in my place I've served the uplift of the race. Truth, beauty, love, O radiant day. What ho! The world's all right, I say. The Call of the Wild have you gazed on naked grandeur where there's nothing else to gaze on, set pieces and drop curtain scenes galore? Big mountains heave to heaven which the blinding sunsets blazon, black canyons where the rapids rip and roar? Have you swept the vision valley with the green stream streaking through it, searched the vastness for a something you have lost? Have you strung your soul to silence? Then for God's sake go and do it, hear the challenge, learn the lesson, pay the cost. Have you wandered in the wilderness, the sagebrush desolation, the bunch grass levels where the cattle graze? Have you whistled bits of ragtime at the end of all creation and learned to know the desert's little ways? Have you camped upon the foothills? Have you galloped o'er the ranges? Have you roamed the arid sunlands through and through? Have you chummed up with the mesa? Do you know its moods and changes? Then listen to the wild. It's calling you. Have you known the great white silence, not a snow-gem twig a-quiver, eternal truths that shame our soothing lies? Have you broken trail on snowshoes, mushed your huskies up the river, dared the unknown, led the way, and clutched the prize? Have you marked the map's void spaces, mingled with the mongrel races, felt the savage strength of brute in every thew? And though grim as hell the worst is, can you round it off with curses, then hearken to the wild, it's wanting you. Have you suffered, starved, and triumphed, to grovel down yet grasped at glory, grown bigger in the bigness of the whole, done things just for the doing, letting babblers tell the story, seeing through the nice veneer the naked soul? Have you seen God in his splendors, heard the text that nature renders? You'll never hear that in the family pew. The simple things, the true things, the silent men who do things, then listen to the wild. It's calling you. They have cradled you in custom. They have primed you with their preaching. They have soaked you in convention through and through. 
They have put you in a showcase. You're a credit to their teaching. But can't you hear the wild? It's calling you. Let us probe the silent spaces. Let us seek what luck betide us. Let us journey to a lonely land I know. There's a whisper on the night wind. There's a star agleam to guide us. And the wild is calling, calling. Let us go. The Three Voices the waves have a story to tell me as I lie on the lonely beach. Chanting aloft in the pine tops, the wind has a lesson to teach. But the stars sing an anthem of glory I cannot put into speech. The waves tell of ocean spaces, of hearts that are wild and brave, of populous city places, of desolate shores they lave, of men who sally in quest of gold to sink in an ocean grave. The wind is a mighty roamer, he bids me, keeps me free, clean from the taint of the gold lust, hardy and pure is he. Cling with my love to nature as a child to the mother knee. But the stars throng out their glory, and they sing of the God in man. They sing of the mighty master, of the loom his fingers span, where a star or a soul is a part of the whole and weft in the wondrous plan. Here by the campfire's flicker, Deep in my blanket curled, I long for the peace of the pine gloom when the scroll of the Lord is unfurled, and the wind and the wave are silent, and world is singing to world. The Rhyme of the Restless Ones We couldn't sit and study for the law, the stagnation of a bank we couldn't stand, for our riot blood was surging and we didn't need much urging to excitements and excesses that are banned. So we took to wine and drink and other things, and the devil in us struggled to be free, till our friends rose up in wrath, and they pointed out the path, and they paid our debts and packed us o'er the sea. Oh, they shook us off and shipped us o'er the foam, to the larger lands that lure a man to roam, and we took the chance they gave of a far and foreign grave, and we bade goodbye forevermore to home. And some of us are climbing on the peak, and some of us are camping on the plain. By pine and palm you'll find us, with never claim to bind us. By track and trail you meet us once again. We are fated serfs to freedom, sky and sea. We have failed where slummy cities overflow. But the stranger ways of earth know our pride and know our worth, and we go into the dark as fighters go. Yes, we go into the night as brave men go though our faces they be often streaked with woe. Yet we're hard as cats to kill, and our hearts are reckless still, and we've danced with death a dozen times or so. And you'll find us in Alaska after gold, and you'll find us herding cattle in the south. We like strong drink and fun, and when the race is run, we often die with curses in our mouth. We are wild as colts and broke, but never mean. Of our sins we've shoulders broad to bear the blame. But we'll never stay in town, and we'll never settle down, and we'll never have an object or an aim. Now there's that in us that time can never tame. And life will always seem a careless game. And they'd better far forget, those who say they love us yet, forget, blot out with bitterness, our name. The Men That Don't Fit In there's a race of men that don't fit in, a race that can't stay still, 
So they break the hearts of kith and kin, and they roam the world at will. They range the field, and they rove the flood, and they climb the mountain's crest. Theirs is the curse of the gypsy blood, and they don't know how to rest. If they just went straight, they might go far. They're strong and brave and true, but they're always tired of the things that are, and they want the strange and new. They say, could I find my proper groove, what a deep mark I would make. So they chop and change, and each fresh move is only a fresh mistake. And each forgets as he strips and runs with a brilliant, fitful pace. It's the steady, quiet, plodding ones who win in the lifelong race. And each forgets that his youth has fled, forgets that his prime is past, till he stands one day with a hope that's dead in the glare of the truth at last. He has failed, he has failed, he has missed his chance, he has just done things by half. Life's been a jolly good joke on him, and now is the time to laugh. Ha ha, he is the one of the Legion lost, he was never meant to win. He's a rolling stone, and it's bred in the bone, he's a man who won't fit in. Ha ha, he is one of the Legion lost, he was never meant to win. He's a rolling stone, and it's bred in the bone. He's a man who won't fit in. The Shooting of Dan McGrew A bunch of the boys were whooping it up in the Malamute saloon. The kid that handles the music box was hitting a jag-time tune. Back of the bar in a solo game sat dangerous Dan McGrew, and watching his luck was his light of love, the lady that's known as Lou. When out of the night, which was fifty below, and into the din and glare, there stumbled a miner fresh from the creeks, dog dirty and loaded for bear. He looked like a man with a foot in the grave and scarcely the strength of a louse, yet he tilted a poke of dust on the bar, and he called for drinks for the house. There was none could place the stranger's face, though we searched ourselves for a clue, but we drank his health, and the last to drink was dangerous Dan McGrew. There's men that somehow just grip your eyes and hold them hard like a spell. And such was he, and he looked to me like a man who had lived in hell, with a face most hair and the dreary stare of a dog whose day is done, as he watered the green stuff in his glass and the drops fell one by one. Then I got to figuring who he was and wondering what he'd do, and I turned my head, and there watching him was the lady that's known as Lou. His eyes went rubbering round the room, and he seemed in a kind of daze, till at last that old piano fell in the way of his wandering gaze. The ragtime kid was having a drink. There was no one else on the stool. So the stranger stumbles across the room and flops down there like a fool. In a buckskin shirt that was glazed with dirt, he sat, and I saw him sway. Then he clutched the keys with his talon hands. My God, but that man could play. Were you ever out in the great alone when the moon was awful clear, and the icy mountains hemmed you in with a silence you could almost hear? With only the howl of a timber wolf, and you camped there in the cold, a half-dead thing in a stark-dead world, clean mad for the muck called gold, while high overhead, green, yellow, and red, the north light swept in bars? Then you've a hunch what that music meant, hunger and night and stars." 
and hunger not of the belly kind that's banished with bacon and beans, but the gnawing hunger of lonely men for a home and all that means, for a fireside far from the cares that are for walls and a roof above, but oh so cramful of cosy joy and crowned with a woman's love, a woman dearer than all the world and true as heaven is true. God, how ghastly she looks through her rouge, that lady that's known as Lou. Then on a sudden the music changed, so soft that you scarce could hear, but you felt that your life had been looted clean of all that it once held dear, that someone had stolen the woman you loved, that her love was a devil's lie, that your guts were gone and the best for you was to crawl away and die. T'was the crowning cry of a heart's despair and it thrilled you through and through, I guess I'll make it a spread misere, said dangerous Dan McGrew. The music almost died away, then it burst like a pent-up flood, and it seemed to say, repay, repay, and my eyes were blind with blood. The thought came back of an ancient wrong, and it stung like a frozen lash, and the lust awoke to kill, to kill, then the music stopped with a crash, and the stranger turned, and his eyes they burned in a most peculiar way. In a buckskin shirt that was glazed with dirt, he sat, and I saw him sway. Then his lips went in, and a kind of grin, and he spoke, and his voice was calm. And boys, says he, you don't know me, and none of you care a damn, but I want a state, and my words are straight, and I'll bet my poke they're true that one of you is a hound of hell, and that one is Dan McGrew. Then I ducked my head, and the lights went out, and two guns blazed in the dark, and a woman screamed, and the lights went up, and two men lay stiff and stark. Pitched on his head and pumped full of lead was dangerous Dan McGrew, while the man from the creeks lay clutched to the breast of the lady that's known as Lou. These are the simple facts of the case, and I guess I ought to know. They say that the stranger was crazed with hooch, and I'm not denying it's so. I'm not so wise as the lawyer guys, but strictly between us two. The woman that kissed him and pinched his poke was the lady that's known as Lou. The Cremation of Sam McGee there are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake Labarge I cremated Sam McGee. Now Sam McGee was from Tennessee, where the cotton blooms and blows, why he left his home in the south to roam round the pole, God only knows. He was always cold, but the land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell, though he'd often say in his homely way that he'd sooner live in hell. On a Christmas day, we were mushing our way over the Dawson Trail. Talk of your cold, through the parka's fold, it stabbed like a driven nail. If our eyes we'd closed, then the lashes froze, till sometimes we couldn't see. It wasn't much fun, but the only one to whimper was Sam McGee. And that very night, as we lay packed tight in our robes beneath the snow, and the dogs were fed and the stars o'erhead were dancing heel and toe, he turned to me and, Cap, says he, I'll cash in this trip, I guess, and if I do, I'm asking that you won't refuse my last request. 
Well, he seems so low that I couldn't say no. Then he says with a sort of moan, It's the cursed cold, and it's got right hold till I'm chilled clean through to the bone. Yet taint being dead, it's my awful dread of the icy grave that pains. So I want you to swear that foul or fair, you'll cremate my last remains. A pal's last need is a thing to heed, so I swore I would not fail. And we started on at the streak of dawn, but God, he looked ghastly pale. He crouched in the sleigh and he raved all day of his home in Tennessee. And before nightfall, a corpse was all that was left of Sam McGee. There wasn't a breath in that land of death, and I hurried, horror-driven, with a corpse half-hid that I couldn't get rid because of a promise given. It was lashed to the sleigh, and it seemed to say, you may tax your brawn and brains, but you promise true, and it's up to you to cremate those last remains. Now a promise made is a debt unpaid, and the trail has its own stern code. In the days to come, though my lips were dumb, in my heart how I cursed that load. In the long, long night, by the lone firelight, while the huskies round in a ring, howled out their woes to the homeless snows, oh God, how I loathe the thing. And every day that quiet clay seemed to heavier and heavier grow. And on I went, though the dogs were spent and the grub was getting low. The trail was bad and I felt half mad, but I swore I would not give in. And I'd often sing to the hateful thing, and it hearkened with a grin. Till I came to the marge of Lake Labarge, and a derelict there lay. It was jammed in the ice, but I saw in a trice it was called the Alice May. And I looked at it, and I thought a bit, and I looked at my frozen chum. Then here, said I, with a sudden cry, is my crematorium. Some planks I tore from the cabin floor, and I lit the boiler fire. Some coal I found that was lying around, and I heaped the fuel higher. The flames just soared, and the furnace roared, such a blaze you seldom see. And I burrowed a hole in the glowing coal, and I stuffed in Sam McGee. Then I made a hike, for I didn't like to hear him sizzle so, and the heavens scowled and the huskies howled and the wind began to blow. It was icy cold, but the hot sweat rolled down my cheeks, and I don't know why, and the greasy smoke in an inky cloak went streaking down the sky. I do not know how long in the snow I wrestled with grisly fear, but the stars came out and they danced about ere again I ventured near. I was sick with dread, but I bravely said, I'll just take a peep inside. I guess he's cooked, and it's time I looked. Then the door I opened wide. And there sat Sam, looking cool and calm in the heart of the furnace roar. And he wore a smile you could see a mile, and he said, It's fine in here, but I greatly fear you'll let in the cold and storm. Since I left Plum Tree down in Tennessee, it's the first time I've been warm. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake Labarge I cremated Sam McGee. That about does it for us tonight, but before we go, one final note. You may have noticed that Mark got a tad worked up voicing the telegraph operator. Well, there's a reason for that. You see, Mark's dad, Roy Wormke, was a telegraph operator. In fact, he worked the telegraph right here in Barry's Bay when he was our railway station agent. It was one of the many whistle stops he worked in his career. 
places like Brawny, Dahlia, Lake Traver, Radiant, all along the old CN line that once ran through Algonquin Park in the late 1940s and early 50s. I'm Barry Conway, and for Roy Wormke's son Mark, and all of the other good people who know the value of social distancing and great writing, good night and good luck.